What's up, everybody? My name is Adam, and I'm the host of the You Know Adam Same podcast, the show that is dedicated on bringing on passionate people, learning about their stories, and delivering value to entrepreneurs. So if that's what you're interested in, go ahead and follow, like, and subscribe. You know what I'm saying? How's it going, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the You Know Adam Same podcast, where you get to know just a little bit more about people, passions, and all things business. Today, sitting across the way, I have Mr. Bubba Hunt. Welcome to the show. Adam, I appreciate you having me, brother. Let's get this thing rolling. Yeah, man. Uh, it is actually a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, I have seen you all across town for the longest time. Uh, super fascinated with your story and whatever that you've been up to late as of late. Uh, I've heard a TV show in the works, which is super exciting. Yes. Um, but wanted to kind of like learn a little bit more about what it is that you do. Yeah, so absolutely. I uh, own Remax Eagle Creek Realty, mm-hmm. a real estate company here. Got about 25 agents that work with me. Uh, currently own a company called Motto Mortgage Turnkey, which is a mortgage company. And I own the Hunt Agency. Uh, it's an all-state agency here that's inside of my Remax office. Okay. I uh, build homes. I do a little bit of construction. I do remodel, flips, uh, you name it. When it comes to real estate, I pretty much uh, do everything. Crushing it. Crushing it. I have to ask uh, kind of, you know, where was that always part of the plan? You know, was that kind of... What's the story? No. So back in 2013, I was I had owned Car City, and I'm what's sure Car City? Car City used to be my car dealership, 441 South Main Street. I had a car dealership for 10 years. Wow. And we used to, you know, we were pretty famous for our wacky commercials that we used to the used to put on at the car lot, and we had a good time doing it. Uh huh. You know my. My persona was Bubba Son, and we okay. had Mr. Me Ugly, and, <laughs> and Bad Credit was a nemesis. I love that. Uh, when when was that? So I started Car City in t- 2003, and I sold it in 2013. And what happened, I just had, you know, kind of gotten out of that business, kind of owned Pawn City. Uh, we had a, up to 11 stores at one time. Wow. I was in the pawn shop industry for 28 years. Okay. And uh, so I just, my pawn shops were being run, you know, pretty well, and I just was looking for something else to do. And a couple of people had suggested that I might want to give real estate a try. And uh, so I took, believe it or not, eight months, took the class on and off again, and finally passed it and uh, in 2014, and I hung my license with Coldwell Banker uh, Tanner Realty at the time. Okay. And I just, you know, I, I've always been a hustler, man, my entire life. I can hear that. Um, you know, I started in business literally two months after I turned 21 uh, is when I first opened my first pawn shop back on Vine Street. How'd you get uh, into that industry? Uh, I worked at them. I worked at, in pawn shops in Hinesville when I was growing up. You know, I was tw- uh, when I was 16, 17, and 18. Hinesville at that time was a big pawn shop town with the military. And okay. I was working in stores there. I moved up to Georgia Southern to go to school at Statesboro. And golly, 1989. Mm-hmm. And uh, School didn't work out too well for me, and I was working at a pawn shop then called Little John's Pawn Shop with Mark Anderson, who I love to death, and he uh, got me to work in there, and I worked there for about two years and just decided to go on, on my, go out on my own and give it a shot. What, what uh, I guess, what made pawn shops feel so natural to you? Uh, you know, I just loved it. It's all about wheeling and dealing. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's just what I, I just, that has become, I mean, even to this day, I mean, I still go back to my pawn shop days of just striking deals on, on, on things. And, yeah. I mean, it's just been a, been a part of me since I was very young. My dad used to go to the pawn shops all the time. We were growing up and buy us bicycles and musical equipment. He was a big reel-to-reel man. and Reel to reel, what's that mean? Oh, reel to reels uh-huh. that you used to tape music on. Okay. Play music on. And way you listen, listening all the way through? Always buying, you know, just equipment like that growing up. And I just got kind of 
hooked on the pawn shop thing. So you saw, I guess, your dad kind of like doing the hustle, right? Like, was that kind of something that stuck in there? You know, in 11th grade, in my psychology class, our teacher asked us, you had to write a report on what you wanted to do when you grew up. Uh huh. And even as far back as 11th grade, I wrote that I wanted to own pawn shops and I wanted to own a chicken wing uh, restaurant. restaurant. <laughs> I, the two things. I'm not sure why. Uh, the, you the no idea wing, why. <laughs> but those were the two things that I wrote about. Uh-huh. And just always loved that industry. I was in it for a long time. We built a really good reputation here in Statesboro. And my brother Tommy, he expanded his his empire and went to Metter and I think Tommy owns six or seven stores now and does very well, but I kind of transitioned out of it in 2018 and sold all of my stores, which I had six left at that time, and sold you know a couple into the guys that were running them and sold two of them to a major national uh, franchise mm-hmm. and kind of just transitioned out of it. But I do miss the business. You do, yeah. What What do you think is the secret? in running a successful business? Well, let's start with pawn shop first, right? Because that that's at the core. So I'm just going to tell you what's the secret to success. Okay. Um, from my viewpoint, it's how you treat people. Mm. I mean, it's in business and in life, it's 85% of how you treat people and 15% of your knowledge. And I, I just remember that from way back, and I've always strived to take care of the people that I do business with sure. and, and the same with my employees um, you know you you sometimes have to part ways with employees over over certain disagreements but I typically do not burn bridges with them I mean they usually come back and I've hired, rehired people that have worked for me previously and and uh, you know that's just the way I've always been I try not to burn bridges and um, I try to take care and treat Treat everyone with respect and and fairly. Mm. When you say take care of people, um, you know I think that that is a invaluable part of doing business, right? Um, what are some ways that you know that come to mind when you say take care of people? I mean, I've you know I've spent many a day uh, just helping someone cut the grass mm. that maybe can't cut the grass and, and on the real estate side of things. And, and uh, hell, I've, I've been over and, and, and helped move tables. And, and uh, I'm not much into the moving truck thing, even though I do have a moving truck. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, I just, if somebody needs help with something, we just, I step up and try to do it. Um, if, if somebody's having a hard time getting somebody to, to come over there and cut the grass or fix their, their windowsill that's broken or or need someone just to help clean their house i'm always there to help try to either get somebody over there to take care of it or or we send our own people over there to do it yeah and i mean i'm just i've just always been the kind of guy that just felt i'm i'm, I'm just going to try to help people i mean that's what i've always always done yeah and, it, and that's what has given you opened so many doors for you yeah i mean i'm i'm pretty much straight up Honesty will go a long, long way in business and in life if you just are honest with people and not covering your tracks by telling lies or mm. or not doing what you say you're going to do. And that's the one thing I've tried to instill in my children is if you tell somebody you're going to do something, do it. Yeah. The same goes in real estate, same goes in the pawn shop business or the car business. I mean... If I tell you that I'm going to take care of something, we take care of it. And I don't care if it ends up costing me money out of my pocket. And I've I've eaten some mm. – yeah, I've learned some lessons and eaten some significant amounts of losses on things that just because I made mistakes, but I, I, I own up to my mistakes. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I think in here, uh, you know, one of the things that stands out is your your reputation – is really at the core of it, right? Like every move that you make every single day, your reputation is at stake. And if you continue to make the moves that you feel are right towards people, people will eventually see that. That's, yeah, exactly. And I and I do, I am concerned about my reputation. And um, I mean, I've 
spent the last 30 i've been in business here since 1992 mm. so i mean what 31 years wow. that i've been here and i don't think there's too many people that can say too many bad things about me in the business world because i do what i'm saying i want to do you know when it's all said and done if if you're making promises or doing telling people you're going to do things and you don't do them i mean mm. that's just not to me it's just not the way that i that i operate yeah I want to change kind of like directions a little bit and talk a little bit about your business strategy because, you know, ultimately you've kind of uh, created value within a certain uh, industry and then also identified other industries that also pair well with it, right? For example, the insurance with the real estate side. So how, how does your business mind work? Crazy as hell. <laughs> I mean, my wife, uh, when I'm sitting there in silence, she's going, okay, what are you thinking? Yeah. What are you thinking? She don't what want you, you to be quiet. <laughs> um, you know, you know, you live and learn by mistakes and experiences. And uh, and, I, and I just wish, you know, my last endeavor was Butts and Brews. And, mm. and I, I really, really wish that I had had more time to dedicate to that that restaurant mm. um i got out of it when i saw that i had an opportunity to go and and i'm very thankful to al and kaleo for coming mm -hmm. and stepping up and and taking it over and unfortunately they closed it and and did what they're doing pretty awesome at which is catering too. sure um my 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 hat goes off to those guys for the way they run their business their restaurants because and the same for you adam i Thank mean you. it's very that is a very tough business. It is. And I, I think I had a great concept. I think we had pretty awesome food. Um, I didn't have enough parking, which was a struggle, and mm -hmm. I couldn't really grow that thing without moving it. I knew I didn't have the time to to um, dedicate to all of that, but I do regret that one. But when it comes, you know, I've made some great moves too. Um, real estate, man, hindsight 2020 i wish i'd have gotten to it 20 years earlier mm. i mean but whoever knows the way paths lead but man i just got into real estate my first year i was Coldwell bankers north american rookie of the year wow my fourth year in real estate i was the fifth ranked Coldwell banker agent in north america wow and total units sold i think that year i sold like 219 homes um i look back now and i don't even know how the hell i did that because that I had some great assistants working for me, but that was that was me. I, I didn't take credit for no one else's sales. That was Bubba and and, and his staff. Yeah. Um, but I worked seven days a week. Yeah. Too. I mean, it was a lot of work. What what uh, was there any skill sets that you picked up from kind of like your previous experience that gave you an advantage over other people? Just being good to people. I mean, mm. and work, man. I, I will say, I mean, you know, I'm an early riser anyway. Yeah. But I mean, I get up between 5 and 5.30 every morning. Every single morning. Uh, sometimes 3.30. It just depends on what's how my going mind's on. thinking. <laughs> but, you know, I get to work early. So I was always one that, that got there, kind of started answering the phones early. I was working Friday evenings. And, you know, coming from the car industry, you know, it was it was six days a week, and it was a lot the, of hustle. The car industry is like that as well. Well, what we were doing was a, a six-day-a-week job, and, mm -hmm. and to stay on top of it, I had to be at work early. But that, you know, kind of just rolled over to real estate for me that it wasn't a job that I'd come in at 9 and work till 5 and, and go home at lunch on Fridays. I mean, I was putting in the hours. I was spending some money marketing. I was probably one of the first Zillow agents here and Realtor.com agents. Yeah. And, you know, I just kind of kept with that. And and it just, that, the way that my business exploded just really blew me away. But it was, I think, a dedication to the time that I have spent building my name and building relationships in the community. Yeah. Um, but what did I do any different? I mean, I just, I just worked longer hours and my wife and family I had to sacrifice with them some to get this thing going, but they were so uh, awesome and understanding to allow me to do it. Yeah. Because it did. I worked Saturdays. I worked Sundays. Um, 
I was always trying to, you know, I started the open house gig back. I mean, that was something that really wasn't going on here. And we started putting on open houses and just doing anything I could to just, you know, have my name out there and getting some more exposure. I, I came out with the, um, the, the moving truck, of course, was yep. one of the first things I did, um, which was a great marketing tool. I mean, it just, I'm a, if I'm not anything, I'm a marketing guy. That's and, actually the next and, point. Um, I, I understand that you got to do things that make you stand out from others. And so that was one of the things I did um, to help me tremendously. So, you know, this actually it falls very into line with kind of like the next question because, you know, at the core of it, you have all these businesses that are, that are running, but, you know, business is only one aspect of it. A great business doesn't really become great unless there's a great marketing plan that's able to put it in the face of people. So where did that skill set or what is your approach kind of when you, when you approach marketing? So, you know, back in the day with the pawn shops, we were just – I don't know, we would do anything, but we were just, we'd create real crazy t-shirts. And, uh-huh. and uh, But really the marketing opened up for me back in 2004, I believe. And that's when we did our very first Car City commercial. Mm-hmm. And that was one where we were celebrating selling our 250th car. Yes. And it was the corniest damn thing you have ever seen. But... Something about it just kind of resonated with people in the community. And, I mean, so we started hearing about it and hearing about it. And then one night, you know, I just was laying on the couch, and I don't know if we had been watching The Karate Kid. I mean, how that all unfolded was pretty amazing because I was just laying there, and it just – I was like, you know, what if we shot these commercials about Danielson, a.k.a. Bubba-san? Uh-huh fighting bad credit yeah. instead of the bad guys, yeah. you know, the Cobra Kai and Karate Kid. That's right. And then it just kind of went from there to instead of having Mr. Miyagi, we have Mr. Miyugly. Uh-huh. And, I mean, and our first commercial was me and bad credit facing off in the parking lot of Car City. And then after the commercial was shot, I defeated bad credit. And then we all just kind of introduced ourselves through doing – dancing yeah and it just went bonkers yeah i mean it went bonkers and i mean we would go places and people would want our autographs and (laughs) and go you couldn't go to a restaurant without somebody saying something to you and then the the ultimate was of course college students dressing up like us for halloween love that and it just it just grew into something so big i mean we did i don't know we probably shot 12 to 15 commercials we did trilogies we did prequels i mean we did it all and probably you know the most uh, memorable one to me was the first one but the one that got the most recognition i believe was the one where bad credit uh, pulled up in his truck and he got out and he started clinking his bottles together like from the scene of the Warriors, uh-huh. and instead of going Warriors, he was saying Bubba song, uh-huh. come out to play. Yay. I mean, that commercial just 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 took us to a whole nother level of, of what, marketing. What did it do for the business? Well, I mean, for a small car lot that had usually around twenty cars on it, uh, in ten years, I sold three thousand. 600 and something cars. Wow. And it wasn't just the marketing, but the marketing sure helped. I mean, yeah. we used to do, and this one I still see on Facebook rotating from time to time when it comes across my, my memories, but the one where I shot, you know, this 30 foot jump shot, and if I made it, you got so much, you know, off your down payment. You know, it took me like 20 takes to do that. But, you know, those things, we just did crazy stuff like that. We did a car wash commercial. We did a Star Wars. Yeah. Star Wars that was a trilogy. Yeah. And, and Trey Dixon helped me with that. And Trey at that point was in production, but he also worked with me at Car City. And, and he he was doing green screen when that just wasn't happening. <laughs> yeah. And to a pretty much unbelievable level, too, because – if you were able to see our lightsaber fight on our co- – now, this is a one-minute commercial on local cable advertising television. 
it was awesome, man. Yeah. I mean, all of the sounds, the clank, the sounds of them hitting and them locking in and the buzzing and it, it was just a lot of fun, man. Yeah. We had a ball. Has that translated into kind of like current stage? Are you still doing how, – how do you handle commercials in this day and age? You know what's crazy is I, the marketing side for real estate was completely different. Mm-hmm. I mean, you marketed yourself through social media, um, and then you marketed, of course, through Zillow and Realtor.com. And back in the day, it was Trulia. Um you know, I just kept thinking there was going to be a day that I would end up shooting something crazy, uh-huh. but it just never seemed to, to to come to fruition because just so busy. We were just so busy, and it was like I didn't need to create something to draw more people because I just stay as busy as I can. Yeah, and you know, ultimately, like I said, when I opened my Remax office, it was me and. For the agents that were call a banker that came with me as a you know, as a part of a, a team kind of uh, deal, but you know we built that thing into tw- I've had up to about twenty seven agents working with me, wow. and we just it's just a little different you know on on the social media aspect with real estate, but that doesn't mean that it might not happen. Sure, I mean you know as, as we're all waiting for the moment. So you know of course, and I know you will probably move into this but the the uh, american dream mm. television thing has just got me in my mind just spinning more and more um for that opportunity but i'll let you ask some questions about that before i get into it yeah um, but, well that's i mean we're, we're on the topic now so what is the american dream so it's a nationally broadcast show that features um really lifestyles and and trends and and real estate and you know, I, I just was fortunate enough to be selected to be the agent um, that's going to represent and and really show some love to the town that, shoot, I moved to. Got married to my wonderful wife, Kim. I have two kids, children, Matthew and Madeline, who are, Madeline now is 23, and she works with me at Remax, and Matthew is at school at George Southern and is coming to work with me as well. Um, you know, Statesboro's been home, and it's such an awesome place. And I'm just grateful to have the opportunity for a five-minute segment on a 30-minute show to talk about my love, Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's going to be Georgia Southern football or or tailgating or barbecue or or great restaurants and, 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 and some showcase some real estate as well and just kind of tell the people in the world or at least in the United States, what's going on? Yeah, um, the show's on Hulu, I think. I mean, so it's it's got it's got a, a large reach, and it and it's nothing. It's not reality TV. It's just a lifestyle show, and um, I'm very very grateful for the opportunity. That's that's super exciting. Uh, tell me about because you've seen Statesboro grow through its stages, right? Yeah. Like you've seen it transition. What do you think, you know, what are some memories that you have of kind of Statesboro during that period of time? I mean, way back when I was in school in 89, and a lot of you kids that uh, are here now will not remember this or even begin to fathom it. But, you know, when I came to school, there were 12,000 students. And, of course, 89 was the Hugo Bowl, which was one of my favorite memories because I was at that game when all that was going down. And, And I've been such a fan of George Southern football since I came to school. Um, you know, back in the day, we used to have Bash Rip Rocks, which was a killer bar <laughs> over there, kind of behind where Retrievers and all that used to used to be. Um, we had um, oh, great day, um, Zaxby's. So uh-huh. Zaxby's used to be a, a mobile home sitting in the middle of the parking lot in front of you know across the street from Dingus McGee's. It was built up and had wooden porches, you know, going up on top, and and you used to could actually get a, a beer there. Yeah, uh, back in the day. Back in the day, wow. that was back in eighty nine. It's where the it's where Zaxby's is right now, currently, right? Well, they they put it as close as they could, but oh, not okay. exactly where it used to be because it actually used to be centered in that parking lot, in the middle of in it. the middle okay. of that parking lot. Mm-hmm. And we used to go there all the time and have have just a ball and. And and the food was awesome way back then, and that one there just just really, you know that 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 gave me a lot of inspiration. Those guys grew that from what two restaurants to what it is today, which is 
at every damn town in America. It That's seems crazy. Like. Yeah. And the food is the same everywhere you go. It's good. And so that was one of the cool things about back in the day. Did you ever meet meet them or? No, I did not. Yeah. I did not. Um, not that I'm aware of. But, <laughs> but you know, they they had a they had a, a killer thing going for sure. Um, you know, we used to have the Rock and Eagle right there, and bands that used to come driving and crying. Um, oh golly, um, I was in uh, St. Augustine this weekend. And somebody mentioned a band that used to come to Statesboro all the time and play. It'll come to me in a second. Yeah, but you know, all the great bands that used to come here and play that people just don't realize mm-hmm. that were here. Uh, and then again, of course, through the years of all the country music singers that have that have come through here. But Statesboro. When I was in college, Park Place was the the top spot to live, mm-hmm. and so now you look at everything and how far out it's growing and what's going on. I mean, you know, the new Walmart came and that kind of busted wide open when it opened up, and I mean, it just went from from not much here in 1989 to a town that I look at today, and you know, it just blows me away to to the growth. Um, to say we only have 85,000 people here just is mind-numbing to me because I believe there's so many more than that. That's right. Um, Georgia Southern, of course, has, has doubled since since I came here in 89. Um, and and we got, you know, all these great things happening like with Publix. And, and I'll tell you, you know, being in the real estate industry, you get kind of inside information from time to time about things. But, you know, somebody in my office had a – destination-type, resort-type development group out of Orlando reach out about some land. Looking for a Statesboro? Looking Statesboro. Which, of course, that plant, you know, the Hyundai plant that's coming has yeah. so, so much of an impact on our on our community. You know, the Bullock County, the, the, the Pembroke and Bryan County and the Effingham County and, and Pooler, you know, it's just going to make such a tremendous impact on our community. Super exciting. Yeah, it, it is huge. I mean, if you, you know, I, of course, I'm in real estate, so I love growth. I love seeing the new developments and everything coming. But get ready, Statesboro, because it's coming. I love I that. I mean, it's, it's definitely coming. And, you know, I see in the next 10 to 15 years, there probably won't be much of a difference between – as you're leaving Savannah and coming through, coming through Pooler, that it's just going to continue on all the way to Bullock County, mm. um, because it's just the growth has just been unbelievable. That's awesome. Um, you know, one of the things in here that is interesting to me is, you know, I, I see your success, and you know, my channel is really meant for entrepreneurs, right? What type of advice would you have for? people that are interested in business, that are interested in kind of like starting their own, whether it be in, you know, the the pond or I got it, you, what, what you got. Yeah, it, you better start with a game plan. And that game plan, you need to circle yourself with people that are way smarter than you are and, and that you can talk to and bounce ideas off of, but also – you know, you got to have a banker. You you got to have an accountant. You got to have um, legal advice, an attorney, and you know those things. When you're young and you're starting out, you can't really afford them. But somehow you need to work out a deal where you you have some people that you can sit down with and and bounce things off of and get advice mm-hmm. um, at a young age. Um, come talk to people like me. I, I talk to the young entrepreneurs all the time asking me, you know, about opening their own business and sure. what what do I think and how will they how can they make it work and you know, it's not easy. I mean, I, I talk more people out of getting into real estate than than that than do get into real estate, especially on the on the realtor side, because people kind of see the shows on T V and they they see that, you know, how many successful agents there are in this area and you get into it just thinking that it's just going to happen, and it just doesn't happen. Mm. Um, people just don't call you up just because you're in business. You have to figure out how to get them to call you. Then you got to take care of them when they're in your business to get the repeat business and the, and the word of mouth business. And you make that mistake early on, 
you know, the, the, the problem, and I, I just hate seeing this so much on social media and people feed off of negativity. Mm. They feed off of it. And so one negative post about your business turns into 10 negative posts mm. because people just love feeding off that. And I just wish we saw more positive vibes on social media about success. How do we change and, that? I, I think that's I, that's a culture thing right now. Yeah, yeah it is a culture thing. I think it's so it's, much easier to talk about the negative than it is the positive. Yeah, right? people people feed off of negativity, unfortunately, and and you know we need to do a better job of of, of building people up for success instead of bringing them down for failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, so so when you see people out there giving it a shot to to open their own business. Man, build them up, build them mm. up because they need it. But then, you know, when you you get going, you got to make sure, you know, you're you're doing your your every month. You should know where you stand. And I've made some huge mistakes in the past by not staying on top of financial statements and and knowing exactly what it costs to operate each month. Mm-hmm. But you got to have that plan up front and know that well, this is how much I got to make to break even. This is how much I'm going to have to make to to pay my bills, my personal bills, and then I'm going to have to be able to you know feed my family and and if I'm going to have any enjoyment at all, I'm going to, have to make this much additional money. And if you have no plan for that and just think that you're going to open and it's just going to come to you, that just doesn't happen. Um, but but you know again with social media, social media is such a great avenue for marketing. Yeah. Um, it's almost free. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so cheap that it's a great way to reach people that we never could reach in the past. Um, and so that is another avenue for for you to 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 reach people for a lot less money than what local advertising used to cost in the past. But again, you got to back it up um, with performance and 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 the way that you handle your business. So. I'm an entrepreneur, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I am. Failure doesn't – I don't fear failure. Mm. I I embrace it. Mm-hmm. And I, I sit there at night, and I've had the weight of three elephants on my back, but mm-hmm. I still go to sleep. And my wife would tell you I snore like a damn bear. Um, I, You know, I, I've had stress and, and, and pressures on me with, with mistakes I've made in business. But I sleep at night because I don't have a guilty conscience for the mm. way I've operated and done and done things because I've done it as hard as I can and as fair as I can. And so, but then I've had some tremendous um, accomplishments too. Uh, real estate has just been such a blessing to me. And and again, going back to the mortgage side of this, I just saw an opportunity back in uh, two thousand eighteen. When I got my Remax franchise, it just so happened that they were also offering franchises for mortgage brokerages through Remax called Motto Mortgage. So I jumped on that opportunity, and thank goodness I did. I'm just going to brag on Tiffany, uh, Kavanagh, and Lauren Hale real quick, uh, my two loan originators that you know between the two of them did almost 20, uh, $29 million in volume last wow. year. Um and my first year, I got my my butt handed to me in that business. Yeah. And but I never, I, there was never a time that my wife will tell you that I ever said, I think I need to get out of this one, um, because I knew that it would come when I had the right people in place. And I got two great women working for me that do a great job. How do you identify? the right person what do you hey, look for i wish i could tell you that i i nail it every time but i don't i mean i'll do an interview with somebody you i don't i don't i look at a resume but i always bring everyone in and and just sit down and talk to them and i ask some basic questions and just trying to get a feel for you know who they are sure um but but again i've made some mistakes um in hiring and but i've also Again, hired some great people to work for me, and do you? Do you so, do you, are you saying that you can't really? You're not able to get a quick assessment, or is that assessment incorrect at no, times? No, un- unfortunately, my assessments are very quick because <laughs> I'm I'm one of those. They come in, they sit down. If I like them, uh-huh. if, I, if I seem to, you know, hit it off with them, I'll bring maybe you know Kim and my wife or somebody else to sit in for a few minutes and talk to them and. 
and then they leave and, you know, do a little social media research to see sure. what they're posting, what they're having to say. Um, but if I feel that I got somebody, I don't, I don't hesitate. I yeah. usually, I don't sit back. And, and what, and describe that feeling. Like, is it, um, is it like they're super well dressed, sharp dressed or is that, uh, is it like the way that they are speaking to you? I think you? it's speaking to me more than anything. I think it's just being open and smiling and no negativity, you yeah. know, don't, I don't look for negativity, of course, um, I'm I'm a no drama kind of guy. I don't like drama. I don't like it in my office. I don't like it with employees. I, that creates such a toxicity when it's around your your work environment. I'm not a drama guy. And if I see drama, I'll talk to you once. If I talk to you once and you're still creating drama, you're gone from my yeah. company. Um, but yeah, it's it's been. I've just. It's all feel and gut for me. And, of course, if you've had a good job, you know, um, and, you, and, and you've been at your job for some time, but I'm able to convince you. You know, Tiffany was one that it took me th- four years to get her to work for yeah. me. I tried to get her to come, come to Motto as soon as I opened. And, of course, that was impossible. She had a great job at a great company, and, and it just – it took a little while, but once things started turning around for us and things got better and better, I was able to show her the numbers and what we were doing, and, and I finally convinced her to come on. And and like I said, thank goodness I did. Um, um, she's such a, a – she's just been great for our company. And, and again, real estate agents that, that have worked for us. Typically, real estate agents come to work with me and they don't leave. Mm. Um, once in a blue moon, somebody will leave for something better, but – we try to create such a great environment at our office mm-hmm. that you don't want to leave for a little bit higher cut somewhere else mm-hmm. because you know we we um, we just we do it a little different. Um, you know we we do agent of the month meetings and we you know staff meetings and and we do bowling together. We That's go awesome. out to dinner together. We we throw parties at my barn, which are. Sometimes pretty epic parties. If you've ever heard of the old barn I have, um, it's a pretty cool place to hang out. And you know, we we own a lake house at Sinclair, and and uh, we've taken them all, everybody up there for a retreat before, which was a, bl- a blast. Um, we just do a little bit more, which creates a better environment. And at our office, you know, we're all family. We're not competing against each other. Everybody celebrates when somebody has a major accomplishment, and. And so that's what we try to do up there. And, and again, we try to make it easy for our agents because of the mortgage side of things where if your person, you know, that has never um, gotten applied for a mortgage before, they can come sit in our uh, mortgage office next door at Motto and, and talk to them in person, uh, which makes a big difference than going online a lot of times and dealing with these online companies. And, and then again, I saw the opportunity for insurance and, and the insurance, it just all kind of went hand in hand. I mean, real estate agent, you're showing homes to a family that's going to need a mortgage. And when they get that mortgage, they're going to need insurance. So that all just kind of went together for us and it's worked really well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, going back to growth and, and all that, I have recently opened up another Remax office up in Milledgeville um, over at, on the Sparta side of Lake Sinclair. I, I've been going up to Lake Sinclair for the last five years, and we really love it up there. And so I just kept seeing this building that used to be Lake Sinclair Realty. I mean, I, every time we'd ride, I'd ride by it four or five times a weekend, and they were getting old, and they decided they were going to retire. And they've been trying to sell that company for two years, and, and, and I finally struck a deal with them, I think, in August of last year and purchased their building, their location, their database, uh, phone numbers, websites, and turned it into a Remax. And, Congratulations. And we're slowly getting that thing going. It's taking me some time, getting signage and all. Matter of fact, signage is supposed to be installed tomorrow, finally. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I just, again, did I need it? No. Did I want it? Yeah. Mm. I mean, I just think I see an opportunity up there for a little bit different real estate experience and maybe some of them are used to, to, to having and, and, uh, hopefully that pays off and, and I'm going to be opening another location on the Columbia, um, 
uh, side of, well, in Milledgeville, downtown Milledgeville. I purchased a building um, on Columbia Drive, and and uh, that's coming here in the next probably 60 days. So I'll have the location on the Milledgeville side of, of Baldwin County and then have one in Sparta on the um, on that side of. Congratulations on that. I know that's that's no easy accomplishment. No, and I mean, again, sometimes you go, what the heck are you thinking? But from the real estate side of things, you know, I I just, I feel so good about it and mm. feel so good about the growth of Milledgeville. Um, Milledgeville has one heck of a commercial. Uh, as a, their growth in commercial is unbelievable. I mean, they have way more than we have here, and they keep coming and coming. I mean, there's a Kroger there, a huge Kroger that's awesome. Well, right next door, Publix is fixed. It's coming. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's just a lot of growth, and and uh, I'm excited about Milledgeville. So that's we're awesome. looking forward to the future there. Um, I, I wanted to ask a question in here, and it's really about kind of, you know, throughout, like, all these experiences, like, your ability to put together a deal is really comes in handy like time and time again how do you approach that and like obviously like there's probably some like there's a gut feeling right right like there's something that you feel here but like what is the in your words like what is the art of putting together a great deal you know i I mean just originally it just starts with an idea first um and then i start doing a lot of research online if you're, I mean, are you referring to like a real estate deal? Or are you referring any to any sort of any? deal? Because like I look at kind of like you know in my mind, you know your your experience in kind of like the car dealership at the pawn at the pawn shop, like you were always just structuring, identifying the value, right? Like seeing the value within whatever product it is, and even like now like the real estate, it's like, hey, how much value do you think this has? And then bridging that gap between the person who w- can also basically pay for that value, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think especially with real estate the way it is right now, um, I just started seeing – I work with so many buyers and sellers that I started seeing early on the, the value that we were starting to have more buyers coming in wanting to purchase and we had opportunity for, for inventory to sell. And, and that just kind of started driving – the, the cost up of, of the homes here. But, um, you know, when it comes to, to working a deal, I'm number one, I'm just honest about it. I, I try to try to think of all the angles for what would make it successful and what would make it, you know, fail. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when I get something on my mind, I just sit down with a notepad and a paper, paper and pen and, and just start writing it all down, you know, just, what will make this work and how do I need to make it work and the who, what, when, where, and why kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking, um, you know, from from experience, I mean, I have put together some pretty good deals here in, in town with, with some real estate transactions. And it all starts, honestly, I think with me personally, it just starts with being an honest person about it. Um, I want no one to detect that I'm, throwing any bull crap at them at all, that I'm honest with what I'm saying and that I think that builds trust between sellers and buyers. And, you know, just over time, the, the mind just spins and spins and, and uh, you know, you come up with, I mean, like I did my first development out there on Old Riggs Mill Road. Um, I got into real estate in 2014 I had no idea how to how that would ever even begin. Yeah, you know, I mean, and even even when I I mean, you know, I I had learned a lot uh, working for Caldwell Banker, but never even came close to to starting that idea of how do you how do you do this? Yeah, and, and you know, I had a lot of people, especially when I started a thing that that helped me line it up. I mean, you know, you had to have a water system in place. You had to have um, engineer drawings and you had to have surveys and you had to have topos which is soil testing and uh, you just start writing it all down you start calling people asking questions and Mm -hmm. then put it all in order and that i mean that that worked out well for me out there um you know as much as i i 
pick up the phone. I'm, I'm literally, and this is no joke, my Verizon cell phone bill is probably about 101 pages if I were to print it out. Oh, my God. Because uh, I live my life on my phone. Yeah. But I really like to talk business face-to-face. Yeah. You know, to talk to them so that they know. Sometimes you can be misinterpreted, especially text. Man, be careful about text because people can take what you're saying wrong. And and talking on the phone sometimes can can be. I, I just like to do business face-to-face. Face-to-face, I think. There's and, something like uh, I've had so many people request like uh, virtual like podcast. Yeah. And, and there's just something about sitting across the way because there's like, you know, we're in this like same space, right? Whereas like when you're doing it virtually or on the phone, like there's just distance there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just not the same. I mean, unfortunately, with, with society and technology the way it is, we've gotten away from um, just social contact. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, uh, it's, it's huge for you. You know, it, it's just a huge part of business in my in my book. I yeah. mean, that you still have to have face to face and interaction and and talking to people. You know, on the on the phone sometimes works. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm not always able to go see somebody face to face, but you know, I don't ever send a contract to somebody to look over without talking to them first. Mm-hmm. Um, when we are dealing with concerns about repairs for a home, I never send that stuff without talking to my clients first because sometimes things can be taken the wrong way and and I try to, to comfort them and explain, you know, how we can make this work and that's what it's going to cost us. And, and I try not to handle that through texting or anything like that or email. I try to talk to my, my buyers or, or my sellers when we're dealing with things like that. So, yeah. But, but yeah, uh, putting a deal together is number one, just being honest and sincere um, and just writing down all of your thoughts and then just slowly start making phone calls and talking to people, stopping by to see owners of properties. Um, just, you know, it just, but just take your time, but don't sit on a, something and just let it pass you by. I mean, if an opportunity is there for something, you need to jump on it. That's right. Bubba, I have to thank you so much for some, spending some time with us. Uh, if there's a word of advice for you know those entrepreneurs out there that are looking to either start their own business or get into real estate, um, what would you leave them with? Listen, go for it. Don't you cannot fear what you don't know, which is the unknown. So, but come up with a game plan. Definitely have a game plan for what you're going to do. And, you know, a lot of agents that get their real estate license don't understand that if you started tomorrow and sold, put a house under contract tomorrow, which probably will never happen, you know, you're 30, 60, 90 days out from getting a contract that you might not get your first paycheck for six months. Mm. And a lot of, you know, people that get in this business, don't realize that you need about six months worth of reserves to to live off of while you 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 get your feet wet in this business. Um, but but again, if you're going to open a, a restaurant or if you want to open um, hell a cookie baking store, you just got to have a plan with what it's going to cost you, how you're going to market to people, how you're going to get them in the door, how much your sales are going to be to pay your bills. You know, you have to have all that stuff laid out and, and plan for it and and hold yourself accountable for reaching your goals. Set goals, man. Goals are something that not too many people any, anymore possibly do that. But goal setting is a huge thing for me. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I set I set goals for my REMAX office, the motto office. Um, you know, we, we have goals. I... I personal goals I mean you know me and my wife have goals for where we want to be and of course I have goals for my children as well and and um but dream too dream big I mean dream big anything is 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 possible anything is is possible if you set your mind to it Mm. and um you know I'm here I mean Adam's a successful entrepreneur you know there are people in this town that are willing to to sit down and, and, and talk to young entrepreneurs. I'd love to, 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 to be a part of, of 
teaching young entrepreneurs what it takes and what they should be, you know, trying to do to succeed. Uh, I don't try to talk people out of, of being an entrepreneur, but it is, it's, it's hard work it is. and it takes up a lot of time. And, you know, the weekends are, are, are used to grow your business and to grow yourself. And, and there's, you just got to be prepared for that, that you just can't open something up and work from the hours of operation and then go home and not focus on growing your business. Cause if you do that, you'll never succeed. Hmm. Um, cause it is a lot, a lot of work, but man, I've opened, I don't know. I couldn't even tell you right now, but I've had furniture stores. I've had car stereo shops. I've had antique stores. I had a paging business. I had a pet shop. My very first business was pawn, uh, security pawn and tropical fish. <laughs> so I had a pawn shop with a pet shop in the back of it. And, you know, the, I don't know. I've, I've tried it all. Yeah. And, and I, I found a niche. I got in the restaurant business. I scratched an inch that had been, that had been on me for years and mm. years because I'm a big barbecue guy. I love barbecue. I love cooking it, uh, tailgating. But I realized that I just my niche is real estate mm. and everything around real estate, mm-hmm. whether it's development, construction, flipping houses. I flip usually anywhere from six to eight houses a year. Mm-hmm. I love taking something that doesn't look that good and turning it into something that turns out nice. Mm-hmm. And and so I I do you know I'm building. I mean I just finished twenty townhomes and probably eight or ten single family homes in the mm. last six months. And mm. So that's a part of the passion I have too is construction and, and the, and the, I'm not out there slinging hammers by no means. I, I have partners in that build these houses, but I love to, to see them start from dirt to finish to a family holding a set of keys. Love you know, that. Happy as happy as heck that they got their own dream, dream home and the whole steps in between. And so I'm, I'm just excited about Statesboro, Georgia. Mm. I'm excited about what's coming and look forward to 2023 and, and beyond for for such a great town we live in. Absolutely. So. Well, Bubba, thank you so much for coming on to the show. I have to really appreciate you for uh, inspiring, right? Like, you know, the, the fearlessness that you have uh, in, in the way that you carry yourself in business and also, you know, having that great reputation that has been built up over time. I think that is something that we can all look up to. And uh, thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Hey, thank you for having me, Adam. I appreciate it, buddy. And I, and I love your restaurant. And I love Taylor. <laughs> I mean, everybody out there takes great care of us. And I just appreciate you having me on, buddy. Absolutely. So, thank you. Yeah.